It's a Mailbag Monday. Mets and Angels made a trade. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day. And today is your episode. All questions in the Mailbag Monday come from listeners of the show. Best way to get them to us, and thanks for their sponsorship of this, is Subtext. This is the Subtext Mailbag episode. If you have a question for me, links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Chat with me on Subtext. So, Eduardo Escobar was traded from the Mets to the Angels along with cash considerations for pitchers Coleman Crow and Landon Marceau. Uh, the cash considerations is they're paying down Eduardo Escobar's salary to the $720,000 league minimum. He signed a two-year, $20 million contract. This was year two of that. So in essence, they're paying nine or so million dollars for him to go away. Uh 240, 295, 430, while he was with the Mets, played third base, became expendable when Brett Beatty came up and took the job. Uh, We always love to see prospects get playing time. But I want to talk about the trade compensation that went back to the Mets because it's some interesting guys, two really interesting guys. First one, right-hand pitcher Coleman Crow, 28th rounder in 2019 out of high school. But again, the round doesn't always matter in baseball. He got fifth round money to go in the 28th round. Four games this year in double A. 2-0 with a 1.88 ERA in 24 innings pitched. 31 strikeouts, so 11.6 per nine, to six walks, 2.25 per nine, three home runs allowed. He's on the injured list right now, but I'm really interested to see what happens when he comes back and he throws when he's not in A, because the A Southern League, where he played with the Rocket City Trash Pandas, has those weird baseballs. So what he does... It's a little bit of a unique package, and it's interesting, and that's why I, I, I'm ex- curious to see what he does here. He's a three-pitch guy mostly, fastball, slider, changeup. The fastball, probably above average, sits 93, can touch 95 with it, but he throws it, like, it, it's really unique in the way it approaches the plate, because size-wise, he's, I think he's around six foot tall, and he has a lower three-quarter slot, so the release point is below six feet. And because of it, it comes in a very flat angle, right? The backspin means that it's, it's just coming in on a straight line, very flat. Uh, and so it's a little tough for guys to pick up, especially because the slot as well, it's, it's off to the side. Uh, to go along with it, the slider somewhere between above average and plus sits in the low 80s. He can really kind of alter the shape of it. He can make it into a power curve. He can throw it as a, something a little harder, more of a traditional looking slider. So interesting there, and then the changeup is somewhere between average and above average. It kind of acts like a splitter at time, uh, at times. Again, really interesting combination of stuff. He got a 16.9% swinging strike rate this year and a 31.1% CSW, called strikes plus whiffs. And again, the average is around 28%. We're looking for 30% or better. So I like what Coleman Crow does. The question is, how much of that was helped by the AA baseballs? He spent most of last year, and granted some much bigger sample size because he was, he's hurt right now, but 128 innings last year in Rocket City, had a 4.85 ERA, 
with a dead-on nine strikeouts per nine and walks of 2.46. So he improved his strikeouts from nine strikeouts per nine to 11.6 per nine and lowered the walks from 2.46 to 2.25. Again, how much of that is actual maturation? How much of that is the baseballs? We don't know. That's what we need to see. The other guy in the deal, a little bit of a lower ceiling, I'm worried, but 2021 third rounder, Landon Marceau came out of LSU with a last name like Marceau that ends in an X. It kind of makes sense that he's a Louisiana guy there, you know, went, uh, went to college at LSU. That kind of seems to be their thing. Uh, but 12 games in AA Rocket City this year as well. Three and six, four, eight, eight ERA in 59 innings with 45 strikeouts. So 6.7 per, I'm sorry, 6.9 per nine to 19 walks, 2.9 per nine, seven home runs allowed. The stuff. He, gets, he doesn't get by on the stuff. He gets by on his control, which is really good. He gets by on the sequencing. Like, his stuff, 12.3% swinging strike rate, 25% CSW. So it's not overwhelming stuff. Fastball sits in the low 90s. It's a sinker. He has a changeup and a slider. Both are in the low 80s. Has a curveball in the high 70s. Uh, it's, just the, it's just the way that he hits his spots, the way that he sequences all of those is what keeps him going. The question's going to be, can the Mets unlock some additional velocity, a difference of the pitch mix? Can they do something to make him better than what he's shown so far? That strikeout rate's around the exact same that it was in Rocket City last year and in Tri-City in High A last year. So it's not the baseballs. That's just who he is. Question is, can the Mets make him better? Uh, did have a question coming in uh, from, from, from Tyler about two other Angels prospects, Nelson Rada and Jorge Marcheco. So Nelson Rada, 2022 IFA, has spent 59 games in low A this year. 246, 390, 321 is the slash line. Two home runs, 11 extra base hits, 41 walks to 48 strikeouts, and 32 of 37 on stolen bases. Uh, thing here is, one, defensively, not fantasy related, but defensively, above average speed, uh, above average defense in center field, the arm is average. Uh, offensively, very much a line drive oriented swing, a really good pitch recognition. And the entire question here, both on defense when it comes to the arm and then offensively, how much power does he develop? I mean, he is, he is a youngster. He is 17 years old right now in low A. So it makes sense that he only has two home runs, slugging of 321. Question is, where does, where, where does that develop and get to as he continues to physically mature. And I think that's ultimately going to figure out what the ceiling is for Nelson Rada. The other guy, Jorge Marcheco, 11 games in low A. He's 6-3 with a 2.89 ERA in 65 and a third inning. 63 strikeouts, 8.7 per nine, to 16 walks, 2.2 per nine, seven home runs allowed. Another one of those guys better than the sum of his parts. He threw a complete game last week, had a shutty entering the ninth inning, gave up, I think it was one or maybe two runs, but either way, they won the game. And the stuff he throws, curveball, split change, fastball, the fastball's in the high 80s, right? And so, I mean, it can touch 93 at times, but everything that he, like his entire uh, fate is predicated on where does that velocity develop to as he continues to physically develop? Uh, just like Rada, he's a younger guy. He is 20, but he is a younger guy still. And so as he continues to develop, where does it go 
uh, what does it do? Where does it peak at? That's going to determine what his ceiling is. In just a minute, I've got a couple different questions all about Tampa Bay infielders. Thought that that was interesting. And we'll get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check mark to know your parts will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. couple questions here about the Tampa Bay Rays. And reminder, if you have questions for the show, lots of ways to get in touch with us. Best way, though, is our subtext. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. It's how you can chat with me directly. Uh, so first one's about Oslavis Basabe of the Tampa Bay Rays. And I did, because it's such a huge issue, I did go and reach out to the team to look up the right way to say his name. So Oslavis Basabe. Uh, But what are his chances of getting promoted and his outlook for playtime at the major league level? So 2017 IFA by the the Texas Rangers was acquired in 2020 as part of that uh, Nate Lowe deal where they moved the first baseman. And again, uh, speaking of name pronunciations, I don't know if he's Lowe or Lau. And somebody has told me before and I cannot remember. So my apologies to Nate or Nathaniel, whichever one you go by. But. 59 games for Oslavis in AAA Durham this year. 304, 360, 446. Four home runs, 22 extra base hits, 21 walks to 39 strikeouts, again in 59 games, 8 of 13 on stolen bases. The story here, the best way to describe Oslavis Basabe's game to you in an easy to understand way is calling him Diet Luisa Rise, okay? Uh, the power. Not fantastic at all. 2.4% barrel rate this year. But the hit tool is a plus hit tool. His strike zone discipline is very, very good. I want to say he's got like a 78.5% contact rate. He's very, very good in the zone. Again, it's just the power is not necessarily there. In his career, 330 games in the minors across five seasons, he has 12 home runs. His career slugging is 437. It's just not a part of his game. Uh, But what he can do is, at the same time, 330 games, he struck out only 189 times. He is very good at recognizing pitches in the strike zone, probably the best in that system at doing that. Uh, Defensively, the arm is average, but he has really quick hands and, and, and action so that he can make it work at third base or at second base. I don't necessarily think I'd have him be my starting shortstop. He's played shortstop in the minors plenty. Uh, Pretty much, I mean, he's done, he has 143 games at short. He's got 86 at third. He's got 80 at second and a game at first base. So kind of feels like the continuation of that, just like what you do with a lot of these Rays guys, your Isaac, you know, Paredes and all these other Rays guys is he can play a lot of different places in the infield. He's not fantastic in any of them, but he can get by. and. Very, very good hit tool, questionable power. I mean, and it's 
that's the issue with Tampa Bay is there's so many guys in that triple A team that could come up and play well, whether it's a Jonathan Aranda, Kyle Manzardo, there's so many guys contending for playing time. I honestly think the best way for Oslavis Basabe to get onto the field is for a team to be frustrated with the amount of strikeouts that they have and go out and get him in a deal. Uh, if they, tra- like, say they trade some pitching to Tampa Bay at the deadline, asking for him back and pu- putting him at the major league level at second base or at third, that's probably his best way to play in time because Tampa Bay just has a bunch of guys and they seem to prefer defense if it's all things are equal on a guy. And so he feels like he's maybe the third or fourth or fifth option to get, to get called up versus the first or second option to get called up if somebody gets hurt or they need to fill in for a couple weeks, things like that. I think the Vidal Brujan experiment's just about over in Tampa Bay, so that may be a position where they put him in there eventually knowing he can't do the outfield like Brujan can, but either way, it's just, it's going to be really hard for him to get, uh, to get on the field in Tampa because there's so many options in that system, and especially at AAA that are probably ahead of him in the pecking order. Another question from, from, from Jeff on subtext was about Carson Williams and how his hit tool, or is his hit tool improving and kind of what's going on here? So 2021 first rounder out of high school, 52 games this year in high A, which I believe is Bowling Green. Yes, 255, 364, 484 is the slash line. Nine home runs, 22 extra base hits, 26 walks to 65 strikeouts, and 11 to 17 on stolen bases. Before I can get into anything about the hit tool with Carson Williams, I have to talk about how good that defense is. Uh, He is absolutely probably the best defensive infielder in that entire system. The arm is a 70 grade. The speed is somewhere between above average and plus. The defense is easily plus. And the Rays love to use their guys at a bunch of positions, build that utility versatility. I just talked about it with Pasabe. He's played second. He's played third. He's played short this year. Carson Williams has played nothing but shortstop. Like they, he is a shortstop. He is a true shortstop. And he is very, very good at shortstop. The issue here is the contact percentage is below average. He's got plus power. It's all going to be, be, what his the ceiling determinant for Carson Williams is going to be the hit tool, right? So the power again, plus power. His sweet spot kind of seems to be line drives to left center. He can pull it, all that. It's fine. But hit tool question: zone contact. So ability to make contact with a pitch in the strike zone, seventy-two point three percent. So not the best number in the world. He only swings about 43% of the time, so he's got a decent eye. And you can see the strikeout numbers are coming down a little bit, but not as much as you would like. He was at 32% last year. He's at 29% this year. Again, it's 65 strikeouts in 52 games. So very good defense. Power potential is there. He's just got to figure out the hit tool. And I think that's one of those things. He's, to me, He's an example of a guy, is the type of player that would have been hurt by not having a 2020 season. This was a question in there. I think it was from, it was a conversation we had in our Discord. Uh, I think, I want to say it was Sneaky Turtle. Not having short season ball, not having a 2020 season. 
Carson Williams is one of those guys that would, would have been hurt by that scenario. In his case, he was in high school back then. But to me, when you lost that 2020 season, the guys that struggled the most were the guys that were not those natural born hitters that were having to work on the pitch recognition, the swing decisions, and losing that year of instruction and development, a lot of them got set back as far as uh, how, how well that skill had progressed and developed. You know, they spent six months or nine months or whatever doing, in essence, almost nothing but hitting off a machine or off of a non-big leaguer back home. Only the select best prospects got brought to the alternate site. And so uh, you notice that in the guys that had questionable hit tools but had power potential, that's kind of the biggest place where you've seen the issues there are guys like that. And if Carson Williams had been in the minors when that happened, he would have been a guy that we would have said, okay, he's going to be hurt coming out of 2020. He's going to need extra development. The development curve is going to look different. In the Rule 5 draft this year, it's going to look different because you have a lot of guys who were in the minors at that time who had their development messed up. There's going to be some values you can find there. In just a minute, we've got questions about multiple questions about the Reds. And we'll get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Welcome back into Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. Uh, doing our, our, our subtext mailbag again. Thank you to everybody in subtext who sent us questions. If you have a question for the show, subtext links in the episode description. Chance to chat with me whenever you want. I always reach out to the subtexters when I'm working on stuff and want to get their ideas, their input, things like that. So uh, first one was about third baseman Sal Stewart of the Cincinnati Reds. And the question here was about how is he developing and is he maybe better than we're necessarily thinking he is off of the statistics? So 2022 first rounder out of high school, picked uh, 32nd overall. and very much a difference in philosophy for the Reds in that draft. They had a, uh, they had taken, they used to take like high school guys that had massive power. Think about like a Reese Hines and things like that. This draft was a little bit different because they went with folks who had very good hit tools. They got Cam Collier at 18th overall, and then after that they got Sal Stewart, and he had his hit tool has been as good as advertised. So, 58 low A games. 251, 366, 355. Four home runs, 14 extra base hits, 39 walks to 39 strikeouts, 7 to 10 on stolen bases. It does, the slash line doesn't scream to you fantastic, right? But when I look at some of the underlying data, some of the underlying numbers, I can see the potential for the plus power. It's coming in slightly below average, but I can see the potential and I can see all of the other things in the swing that bring his numbers down. So average exit below 87.1, his max VLO, max exit below 106.8, that 90th percentile number, 101.5. So slightly below average, but then again, he is 19 years old. The big issue for Sal Stewart, he's got fantastic, he's a fantastic hitter, fantastic pitch recognition. The swing decisions are good. His issue is the launch angle. So uh, right now, 
and, and let's quantify good pitch recognition and swing decisions, okay? 87.7% zone contact. So when he sees a pitch in the zone, he hits it. 95% chase rate, meaning he's only chasing 5% of the time. Fantastic pitch recognition. Again, the issue is the launch angle. 58% ground ball rate. 24% line drive, 17% fastball. So he's hitting the ball on the ground more than half the time. And you'll remember a barrel is a hard hit ball at the proper launch angle to get a home run. So despite having plus raw power, you know, and having a, a max exit below of 106 and a 90th percentile of 101, he's got a 0.6% barrel rate because he's not getting the ball in the air. It doesn't matter how hard you hit it. If you hit it at a negative five degree launch angle, it is not going to be a home run unless it's a little league one. So that's the issue here is it's mostly mechanical stuff. He sees the pitches coming in really well. He hits velocity. He hits spin. He's just got to figure out the launch angle and where in his mechanics uh, does that like, can you, what in his mechanics can you fix to make that happen? That's the big thing you have to do here. Now, defensively, a little bit more of a work in progress, was listed as a third baseman. He's played some second, but mostly third. The arm is above average, but the range isn't great. He had some throwing, he's had throwing errors both last year and this year. And we know defense tends to get better as a prospect rises through the system, but there's still, an, there's still a possibility that he ends up being at first base. The speed is probably a 35 or a 30 grade, so you can't really use him in the outfield. You can't really use him anywhere else. And so it's a third base, first base profile. Uh, obviously limits it and means he has to fix the launch angle issue. And he has to swing better if he wants that to work. Uh, it's, uh, it's obviously not a great place to be, but it's the best you can do right now. Uh, again, promising future, you just have some more stuff to do here. Uh, final question for the mailbag came from Gary, and he asked me about Alfredo Duno. Uh, so 2023 IFA, also a catcher, and specifically he was asking about why is Ethan Salas getting so much attention versus Alfredo Duno? So I think part the main answer here is Salas is doing everything that he's doing in low A at age 17, while Duno is still in the Dominican. He's in the DSL. And then he's also not able to, uh, to catch right now. He's just hitting because of some arm fatigue that he's, he's been dealing with. So stats in the DSL, we don't normally get into DSL stats, but nine games, 333, 535, 500. A home run, three extra base hits, 11 walks to seven strikeouts, one for one on stolen bases. Talking about that defense, uh, plus arm, defense is above average. He's surprisingly athletic. I think speed-wise, he's close to average. But again, it's very, very limited sample size because it's shaky quality streams from the DSL of a nine-game sample for Alfredo Duno. Uh, There's a lot of projection here. It could be something depending on how he physically develops. Again, he's 17 years old. He is, he is pretty big. I mean, it's like 6'3", 220. He's a pretty big 17-year-old. He's probably close to physically done as far as good development goes. He has plenty of time to put on bad weight, but uh, it's just something where, depending on how he develops his hit tool, his power tool, things like that, he could be a massive slugger that could play a corner, uh, a corner infield spot. He could be a third baseman with a 
again, massive arm. He could end up being a, a catcher with a very good arm and good offense. He could be a backup catcher. A lot of it is just he's got to get, one, he's got to get back behind the plate. He's got to get fully healthy, and he's got to get stateside. So it's, it's really hard to know what his true outcome is because there's so much projection left and we have such a small sample size. He probably should get talked about more than he is, but Salas is sucking all of the energy out of the room because he's a 17-year-old who's stateside in low A and seemingly holding his own. So, again, um, I, I like what we've seen from Alfredo Duno. It's just a very small sample size. And it, it's also just really hard to get high-quality information out of the Dominican. So I think that's why he's not being talked about as much. When he gets stateside, a little bit of a, of a different conversation. Fantastic week coming up this week. We've got some mock draft stuff for you because the MLB draft is rather soon. We've got a conversation with our friends over at the Rangers, your prospect team of the week, things like that. In the meantime, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. There's tons of ways to reach us. Best way, obviously, is the subtext. Also, while you're out there, feel free to follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Farm, on YouTube, search for Locked On Be Prospects, and your favorite podcast app. In the meantime, Remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leader.